Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the radio show. The that we appreciate you hitting the download button or however you found us on whatever platform you choose to listen. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, another installment. Got M16 with you. ATL Devan Easy. What's up, y'all? How's it going? It's good. It's good to be here. Having my day. Yep. How are you surviving working from home? You said, am I tired of it? No, nah, I don't miss this. I don't miss this traffic. <laughs> I don't need that. I kind of wish people would go a little bit back into But it's it's real. It's real peopley out there for real. Easy, what's going on with you, man? Should just chilling and join the quarantine. What's good, y'all? Nothing, man. You know, you know the purpose of the aftermath. What we do around here is, um, I like to say that. You know, we talk to the interesting guests on the on the aftermath, and you know, I will say that today will be no different uh, when it comes to finding the best possible people that we can put out here to, you know, not only entertain but educate the listeners. So we're gonna be talking to Kiba Richardson. She's a, a author. She wrote a book called The Journey of Unbecoming, and she's got a real interesting story. So we're gonna get to know her, get to know her story, and hopefully get you very interested in checking out her book. So I'm going to go ahead and um, play our high budget applause because we spare no expense on the show. We spare none. We welcome in Kiba Richardson. Kiba, how you doing? Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. For sure. So, um, you know, you like I was saying, you know, in the open, you have a very, uh, you know, interesting story, uh, one that uh, we feel like the listeners are going to, you know, learn a lot from. So, like I said, again, I appreciate you taking the uh, the time to come on with the crew. Uh, no problem. Happy to be All here. Right. All right. So um, to, to start off, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your up uh, your upbringing and how that laid the groundwork for where you would eventually get to. Um, I come from a really big family, very 
non-traditional for, you know, what we kind of think of when we think about family and our culture. Um, My parents were Muslim, um, so I was kind of brought up with the principles that they learned from being in the nation. Um, My father went to prison when I was really young, and that was something that was kind of common in my family. A lot of um, men in my family were incarcerated for long periods of time, so definitely a lot of different things going on in my household. Um, But coming from a big family, we had to do a lot on our own at a young age, I would say. So I definitely learned to be independent and to basically get shit done myself at a young age. And um, just I kind of grew up fast. I would say we definitely were exposed to a lot. So I came from a family where children were not filtered. You know, we knew everything. We knew all of the the grown-up business. So we were definitely um, exposed to a lot more, and it grew us up faster. So I had a son when I was young, 17 years old. And um, that just having a child young and having to still make money, figure out life, that led to me um, becoming a dancer. You know, just being in an environment where I could make a lot of money in a short amount of time. And from there, you know, I I would say it it kind of made me make a lot of decisions just out of, like, survival. Like, there's just, like, a survival mentality, having a child young. So being a dancer, I still managed to graduate from college. Um, I danced while I was in college. And um, from there... After college, just kind of decided I didn't want to go into corporate like I thought and decided to kind of take the entrepreneurial route. And that kind of led me down a whole other path of its own. I got into health and wellness and and became a health coach. And that journey is kind of what put me on the path to how I ended up writing the book. So that's like a snapshot of my story. (laughs) All right. And and how it got me to here. And you you touched on a lot in that, and we're gonna, you know, dig into to some of these. Um, uh, and I wanted to pivot because you brought in so many there that begged so many follow ups. So let's start with the the book and the word unbecoming, because obviously that's the title of the book. But what was the hardest thing that you had to that you would say out of all things you had to do? The hardest one that you had to unbecome. I think um, the hardest the hardest part of the journey wasn't just like a specific thing I could say I had to overcome, but it was really addressing trauma, really having to like peel back layers and think about situations that had happened in life. A lot of things I blocked out. Some things I don't even didn't even fully consciously remember or um, think that as an adult they affected me. So that was really hard. Yeah. And it's something that I think a lot of people don't know about themselves, and it's especially in our in our culture, so many things that are really traumatic are made to be normal. Like we normalize a lot of things that sh- that are not normal. So. 
that was hard because a lot of things that are very dysfunctional and not right for me, it was like, oh, okay. It just seemed normal. So kind of really realizing, like, no, nah, that was a traumatic experience. You have to kind of basically dig deeper into that and see how it's still affecting you current day. So I had to do that several times <laughs> while on this journey, and that was hard. And that's what this is. This is the journey. All right, so um, we're talking to Keeper Richardson, all right? Her website is keeperrichardson.com. The book is called The Journey of Unbecoming. Make sure you check that out. ACL Diva. Uh, yes, so I am very happy that you're on the show. Thank you so much for taking hey, some time you. to talk to us. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I definitely love this book. Um, I have a, a really good question. So one of the unique elements to your memoir is that you use the evolution of a butterfly to guide your reader through your journey. Um, it's also mm-hmm. on the cover of your book, which is absolutely beautiful. So how did you decide on that vis- visualization for your audience? Well, thank you, first and foremost. Um it was kind of this metaphor that I started using, like, in 2018. I just kept saying, like, this is my butterfly year. And I really got, like, enamored with, with butterflies and started researching them and their life cycle. And I was like, God, to me, this, like, parallels, like, what we're supposed to do in life, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was just something I was kind of playing around with. And this whole journey wasn't something that was planned for me, but as I was going through it, I kept thinking back to to that, and that was kind of, for me, it kind of helped me through the journey, like, okay, you know, and especially now in hindsight, like, looking back, I really feel that way because the journey happened in stages, and it's kind of like, okay, I can look at childhood and all of the things I experienced up until a certain point in my life as, like, me being in this kind of survival mode. And I feel like, you know, I use the caterpillar kind of as a metaphor there. And then you go through a phase of maybe isolation, of kind of figuring things out, becoming more aware, becoming more conscious. And to me, that kind of the, the – cocoon or the chrysalis like symbolize that part in my life and then on the Mm -hmm. other side of that you are something different you know you're something you're you're a different person and so when you look at the caterpillar and the butterfly it's like they're totally different things so I feel like once you kind of work through things you mature you grow you become wiser more aware more tuned in it's like okay now you are a different being you're no longer operating from survival mode and from that, you know, lower vibration or low, you know, just that lower form of yourself, I guess I should say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great way for people to look at life. I think we learn about that transition in school, but mostly just related in science, but related in your regular life is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I also want to mention um, in reading your memoir, the doctor seems to be like this very whimsical character appearing in your life at just the right time. So what can you tell us about the doctor and his influence with your memoir? So <laughs> now if I'm, there, I'm a very like spiritual person. So I definitely believe like in divine timing and things happening, like when they're supposed to happen. 
So mm-hmm. the way Dr. B came into my life is so, when I think back on it, it's, it, I have so many revelations still. I'm like, okay, that's why this had to happen because, you know what I'm saying, it basically made this situation possible. So that was what happened with Dr. B. Like, a mm-hmm. friend just happened to, like, invite me to roll to go to his office and... I was kind of at a point in my life where I knew that for me to elevate that I had to go inward. It was like, there's something off with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go deeper into myself. And that's not something that we're really taught to do ever in life. Like, nobody ever says, you want to really figure out things about life and about yourself. You got to kind of go on this journey, journey inward. So, I didn't really know the steps to take to do it. It was just a feeling that I had. So I feel like Dr. B, like, I was introduced to him right during that time. So he kind of became, like, this mentor who guided me on that journey and kind of helped me make sense of what I was, like, uncovering as I was, like, peeling back these layers and, like, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying, figuring things out deeper. It was kind of like he was there to guide me through it. And to help me make mm-hmm. sense of, like, all sorts of things, to, he- to help me more understand, like, bigger questions I had about life overall. So he, to be honest, the first day we met, he, like, read my aura and so many things and said, he just spoke on so many things. And I was just like, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm thinking he's crazy. Like, yeah. this man is crazy. <laughs> But everything that he said has, like, come to, like, it's, it's, like, crazy. Like, how did he know this? So I think he played a a very pivotal role in in me writing the book because if it wasn't for a lot of the lessons I learned, like, working with him, Mm I don't think I would have had the wisdom to write the book. (laughs) At this point in my life, I would have maybe had the wisdom later. But I would say he helped me, like, take quantum leaps in and just figuring out life, figuring out who I am and why I'm here. I'm, so I'm really feeling the energy on on everything that, um, you know, your your answers and just the, you know, the story that you're telling and still telling through your book. So, again, we're talking to Kiva Richardson. You can check out at KivaRichardson.com. The book is called The Journey of Unbecoming. You can Go ahead and find that on Amazon. You're listening to the radio show, The Aftermath. Kiva, um, what we wanted to do here, um, we have some more questions for you, and we do have a little game that we'd like to play on on this show as well. So what we were going to do is uh, sort of take a break, um, if you mind hanging out with us for a few more minutes um, on the show. Um, we do nothing but play underground music, so we're going to uh, segue into a little bit of that underground here and uh, come back and reset things. So. The song that we're getting ready to play here um, is uh, from an artist that was a, a guest on a previous aftermath, Jordan Pauline. Uh, the name of this song is called Spiral. So for the listening audience, you guys check this out. And we'll be back with more with Kiva Richardson, the great author, in just a moment. You're checking out the radio show, The Aftermath. Mm-hmm.
What you say now? Dun dun dun. I got the money calling. Now these niggas full of it. To the radio show, the aftermath. You got the crew here, well, at least half the crew. You got Easy, ATL Diva, and M16 hanging out with you with our special guest, Kiva Richardson, the author of the great book, The Journey of Unbecoming. You just heard a song from Jordan Pauline called Spiral. So make sure and you check that out on all, it's available on all streaming services, Title, Apple Music, 
Spotify, whatever's your choice, it's available for you. So make sure you support underground artists because we all we got. All right. So we are, like I said, we're speaking with Kiva Richardson. We were talking about her book and, you know, many other things. And we're going to dive back into um, just getting to know her and her story a little bit more. Now, like I said, you know, we like to have fun here. So I got to dive in on something that you touched on. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't, but uh, you made a decision <laughs> at one point, you know, to say that you uh, tried out being an exotic dancer. That caught my ear. So you outlined this experience in, in detail and, you know, no matter what, you know, people may say it's a job and it pays. So was this something you would say is what's something that you could say that was rewarding about that line of work? Um, It's fast money. That's, that's the only thing that's rewarding about it is you can go to work for a relatively short amount of time and make it an insane amount of cash. So that was the most rewarding part. <laughs> Especially for, like, during the time I, I was doing it, because I was in school full-time and I was a single mom, so it was like, I mean, I'd much rather do this, like, three nights, couple of hours a night, than to go work a job and not make nearly as much money. I knew it had to be the money. <laughs> that's the only reason. That's the most rewarding part. That's the only reason you do it. Oh, oh, now Easy wants to hop in on this question. Go, okay, Easy, go ahead. I mean, I had a, I had a question about the book too, but I, since we're on this topic, um, so tax purposes, how do you file your taxes as an exotic dancer? I've always been intrigued by that because we know that. Barbers don't technically file with the IRS, so how does that work with exotic dancers? I mean, it's the same. To be honest, I want to say I was young when I was doing it, so I was. I think my mom was still actually claiming me. So most dancers aren't doing. They're not. They're not doing it. But technically, you are a, a like a 1099 employee. You're an independent contractor, so you can file taxes. And barbers do file taxes, you see. They really you, you probably have a small group of dancers who do, but most of them don't. And 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 that no disrespect to any barbers out there, but but I, I know a few that um don't exactly <laughs> do that. So. <laughs> but, but it's a legit business. You must, like you, you get a real ten ninety nine. Like you can really file taxes on it. Mm-hmm. Tell us really quick about, I know you do talk about this in the book, um, about uh, how interesting it is. Do you want to share with us quickly about how interesting it is to be in that profession and go to the bank and have to, you know, have these super huge deposits? <laughs> and, you know, can you tell us that? And then Easy can follow up with his next question. Um, <laughs> I found this part the of the I feel today the lifestyle is very much distorted, is glorified, is um, portrayed as something some might even say is glamorous, it looks so fun. Like, when I was in it, it was a low-key, like, secret thing. You didn't talk about it. No social media or camera phone. So it wasn't glamorous. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Honestly speaking, I don't know a dancer who enjoys it. You do it solely for the money. 
So to be honest, the strip club can be a real toxic environment to work in if you're not headstrong and if you don't come into it, like, with a plan. It's a fast environment. You have every walk of life. You got chicks in there who, you know, from the hood. You got the the college chicks. You got some girls that are professionals. They already have full-on careers. They just want to make extra money. And they, you know, you, you can meet a certain caliber of guy at the strip club. So you got some chicks who... People got different motives for why they're in there, but most women is solely for the money. Um, so it's it's to me, I say this in the book, it's like the female version of being a drug dealer, but it's legal. But the mindset, um, you know, women get real territorial in there. It's a lot of violence um, in the strip club, depending on where you're at, the kind of club you're in. So me, I I experienced working in both a black black clubs and a white club. And if that's, I could write a book about that, two totally different worlds, two, two totally different ways of, of dancing. But um, as far as making deposits, I, I talk about this in the book, too. I got banned. They banned me from coming through the drive through at my bank because I would have to send the tube so many times back and forth. So they told me I couldn't do it. Like, you cannot come through the drive through They used to hate to see me come into the bank with sellers. Oh, my God. So I just had to go in. I hated having to walk in the bank with that much money, like, all ones. But I would at least have my ones pre-counted and all banned. They would all already have rubber bands. We separated by hundreds. So I would make it real easy for them. But they would be pissed. <laughs> pissed. Whoever was behind me, you're, you're going to be pissed because it's going to be a minute. I needed, no. I the bank appreciated those efforts. No, I needed somebody like her. I, exactly. I used to be a banker, and we had some of our clientele were dancers, <laughs> and they would come in with these ones, and then none of them were counted up, and they were folded in all many different ways. Not sure where uh-huh. they had been, and yeah, it was like, so you just gonna dump? I'm like, so you just gonna dump this on my desk? All of my like, ones would be facing the same direction too. All the bills nah. were facing the same direction. They were already broke, broke down into hundreds. So I made it real easy. They didn't do that for us. They just came in, dr- dropped it on the desk, and was like, bring out your little counter and make it enough. <laughs> right. So I used to hate that. But um, it's, it's definitely an environment where if you don't plan, it's, for most girls, I think, it's, it, it can be so much money and you make it so fast. It's a lifestyle that you can get caught up in very easily. Where, right. you know, you're spending all kind of money, you're shopping, you're doing this because it's like, oh, I can go to work and make it back. But you're not planning for the future. You're not planning for, like, well, what if something happens? Like, what if I break a leg or something? You know, most – it's just a very fast-paced lifestyle. And, you know, a lot of girls, to be honest, I, it's not something I would encourage anybody to do. I don't knock nobody doing it because I did it, you know, and I get it. But I have seen a lot of girls completely get turned out. I mean, pimps, drugs, everything getting turned out by other girls. Like, I have seen it. You see it all. So, a lot of chicks come in there and get broke down. A lot of them. All right. Cherokee with us here on the radio show, The Aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was all right. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, but... um. 
<laughs> you know, we didn't want to necessarily harp on that. I mean, there obviously will be questions, but there's more to you than just that. And you also, I, and this is no disrespect to anybody that's in that line of work, but you knew from the beginning that that's not something that was like you spoke about. That's not something that you knew you wanted to do. You knew there was more out there. And the more is how did you become an advocate for cannabis? And what would you say is some people's bis- biggest misconception about said cannabis? So with cannabis, like, you know, I was like most people young. I tried it, tried smoking weed young. And honestly, early on, I didn't like it. Like, high school and all that, it was okay, but it wasn't really my thing. So it was just something I would do here and there. But I broke my ankle in 2014, and I was married at the time, and my ex-husband was a huge smoker. So when I broke my ankle, I opted out of taking the strong medications that they gave me for pain, and I was just smoking all day. And that would be the time I think I really became like a real, okay, this is something I do every day, and I like doing it. But it was still like some shame attached to it. Like I didn't really tell people I smoked. Like nope. Like I, I kind of kept it secret. Just kind of as I got older and more mature, it was still something that I did, but also was like embarrassed to let people know. So kind of when I went through like the thick of my spiritual journey, I kept trying to force myself to stop smoking. Like it was something wrong with it. Then one day I was just like, do some research on this. Like. Because you know you don't want to stop doing it. It's something that you really enjoy, and if you have a lot of resistance to stopping. So I started learning about it, and it was just like, well, I can believe, like, you know, once I really learned about the reasons why it was really outlawed and all of the healing benefits, it was like, all right, I have to um, take pride in doing it and just kind of do my part by speaking out and educating other people about it because, the biggest misconception about it is that it's harmful or that it's a drug because it's not a drug at all, period. It's a plant. It's a herb. It's something that you literally have receptors in your body specifically for it. So in my opinion, cannabis is just as as important as, like, vitamin C or vitamin D. So that's kind of what led me to start speaking out about it. I knew that there was a huge segment of women who felt the same way as me. They like doing it, but they feel shame for doing it. They feel bad, and I feel like to kind of break that stigma, people have to be educated about the plant, because people who do feel a way about it, who are judgmental about it, it's only because they don't know the truth about it. So that's why, or that's how, I should say. Yeah, but it is true, and you brought up a good, you brought up a good point with that, is that there is a lot of stigma on that um, mm-hmm. as far as how people, let's say a generation before us looked at it, where it's like every, every drug was dope. Oh, you're smoking that dope. And it's like, people don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> they do, <laughs> but they do. You talk, look, you talk to your uncle, you know, that one uncle be like, yeah, they out there smoking that dope. They, that's what they do. They stigmatize it as one thing. But if you look at the advancements as far as, you know, what it's done for people in sports that are suffering from concussions, people like, you right. know, their yeah. cancer, uh, cancer patients that deal with that. So mm-hmm. in, in going PTSD that route, well. right, it's so many things. So illness, it's so many things. When, when did you feel like the stigma really started to change on it? Like, what, what do you think was like one of the biggest um, 
things to turn around? Would it be the people who were getting getting help who were in pain mostly? Because you you talked about you you know I, you breaking I, your ankle, so right. I think now with technology, with social media, with everything we have access to, people is it's not hard to find out the truth now, and it's so much research. Where I think I really think seeing kids with like epilepsy and all that type of stuff and seeing that this is the only thing that's helping these kids, seeing people like with severe illnesses like Parkinson's and um, Alzheimer's and stuff like that and seeing like, God, they're they're actually getting help from this plant. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that started changing the face. A lot of these soldiers coming home and it's like, this is the only thing that's helping them with PTSD. And it's too much research now. And then, I mean, the hypocrisy of the, you know, now it's legal. It's becoming legal, and it's something that should have always been legal, and people should have always have, have, have had access to it. No one should ever have been in prison for it. So now we're seeing that because it's too much truth out here behind it, it has to become legal. People are, are not going for it no more. So... You know, now you see the government, they want to be the biggest sellers of it. So how can it be wrong when now the people who outlawed it are turning around and selling it? Exactly. I have a quick question so, for you. So I know I know we're going to have listeners who are still going to be a little bit apprehensive about it, but curious. So being that you're now avid, an avid smoker, what would your recommendation be for someone who – is curious, have no clue what the hell they're doing, but wants to try it. Like, what what kind of resources or what would you recommend for them to start researching that you think would be appropriate for them to start teaching themselves or even trying it if they want to try it? If you really for want new to people. understand the plant and where the, all the stigma came from and you really want to know, I would say start with watching this documentary called Grass is Greener. And you can just get on YouTube and start watching, just type in health benefits of cannabis. Watching TED Talks are really good. I, it's, a, it's a black doctor. I just watched her TED Talk. It's a, she did it like eight months ago. She really breaks down the endocannabinoid system and the the benefits of uh-huh. cannabis and how the endocannabinoid system is a system we all have in our body. It's the body. It's the most important system in your body because it regulates everything else. And this system and the knowledge on it has been left out of every medical book in Western society on purpose. You see what I'm saying? So. She's breaking down how doctors are not being taught about this on purpose because big business, big pharma, they know that oh, really? this plant is, like, miraculous. You know what I'm saying? And that we have a system in our body that is, like, for this. How can this not be a medical book? You know what I'm saying? So there's I so much was- information out there. And the thing that I think people need to really understand is that cannabis is a plant that has two species. You have hemp and you have marijuana. So you don't have to get high to get the medicinal benefits from it. You can use CBD products. You can use hemp products, CBG products. You know, marijuana is what gets you high. It's what has the THC. But there are thousands of other ways you can benefit from cannabis without getting high. You can juice cannabis. You can eat cannabis leaves raw. You can smoke hemp flour. You can use CBD oils. You can use tinctures, salves. Like, 
suppository, so many different ways you can use it. Suppository. And, I mean, it helps with
16, you mean to tell me that if you I were high, Ludacris with a fake jaw wouldn't have been hilarious to you? With the that would have been the most throwed off part about it. I cannot believe we're even still wasting valuable airtime discussing the possibility of what could have made that abomination better. Because the point of this is to say this is how great weed is. You know, it could make a movie as bad as John Henry. Or oh, it could make you feel no, so good that you don't need to, sleep. that you don't need to watch the movie. You just eat your two double cheeseburgers and your nachos and you just hang out and you right. do not watch John Henry. Alright? You don't watch. Don't watch it. Alright. <laughs> Now, now, see, now, now, Kiva, now I want you, I would love to, for you to watch it so we can have you come back so you could give us your critique on how awful that movie is. <laughs> you want to set me no, up no, no, no. We need you to you watch it. That should have been the worst movie you we, ever we seen. Need you, we need you to watch it high. That way you give us a different perspective on it. Yes. Oh, 100%. You might have to. <laughs> You could do that as well. It'll also be better than what you would be looking at. But <laughs> if, <laughs> if you could please, um, oh, if you could tell our, our listeners of this podcast and just to let the folks know that we'll be downloading this, I, I'm saying this like we're live, but if you were to download this, you can get us on many different streaming platforms. And I, we're going to break some news here on this show with Kiva Richardson that we are soon. Also, you can add iHeartRadio. We're going to be available on iHeartRadio here like in the next, I don't know, week or so. So, but awesome. for now, check, you can download us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them, we're there. But if you could please let the people know where they can find you online, where they can get the book, anything and everything that has to do with you because you are an interesting person with an interesting story. And, yeah, you probably come back on and give us your critique of John Henry, high as a kite. Uh, Please. <laughs> yeah, I'm not setting me up to watch the worst movie. And I'm, I'm a hard movie critic, you know what I'm saying? So if, you, if it was, I, I won't even be able to watch the first couple of minutes if it's as bad as you said it was. It's got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Look, do look, oh, you oh, again, again, we need you to get high before you start watching it. And really, in all honesty, <laughs> it's the last 20 minutes that lets the show go to shit. That's the part he's not telling. It's the that last 20 minutes, and that's the part that we need you high for, because that's where it all goes <laughs> yeah. to shit. Let's go ahead and light one up at the, oh, at the last 20 minutes. So you can find me, you can find the book on my website, KibaRichardson.com. It is also available on Amazon, paperback and Kindle version. You can follow me on Social media, Kiba underscore Richardson on Instagram and Kiba Richardson on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow my lifestyle brand page that is Pretty Women Love Cannabis underscore on IG. And we also have a YouTube channel, Pretty Women Love Cannabis. So that's 
where you can find me, and I would much rather you visit the website, KibaRichardson.com, if you plan on ordering the book. So I can sign it and, you know, send you a little note. If you order from Amazon, you don't get it signed by me. And I just took your advice. We just followed you on, on Instagram because... Thank you, thank you. Yes. So, yeah. Um, hey, 16, that ratio a little off. I don't know if she's going to follow us back. Ooh, it is. Ooh, the discrepancy. I don't... I'm very funny. Listen, it's not personal at all, but I don't, I'm not on social media how most people are. I'm, I'm very... I can't tell I'm by these numbers. really filter what I see. <laughs> and that's something that I learned on my journey because I unfollow. I got off of social media for a while and unfollowed everybody. I had, I didn't follow anybody. Because, like, listen, what you follow, that stuff all affects your energy. So yeah. a lot of times, you know, you, you invite negativity by in by default just by the kind of people you follow on social. Well, but I will tell some... you guys that. I was going to say, because we got something positive. <laughs> positive coming up soon because we're going to be putting the podcast out there for the people to te- to check out so that's good so that's some positivity for your timeline so all right that's what now, I like to see. now that we've gotten to that we have a little game that we play here on the aftermath um it's a little uh question game called don't at me so what I, what's going to happen is i'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions give you a couple of choices and then when you give your answer, you just got to say, don't at me. Like, look, this is my answer. I'm sticking to it. I'm standing by it. Don't at me. So if you with it. One more time. It, I need, I need to go through the rules one more time. All right. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and you have a few choices on, you know, your answer. And then basically once you give your answer, you'll just say, don't at me. That's your way of saying like, look, don't come after me about it. This is what it is. Don't argue with me because. This is the answer. That's it. That's she's gonna get the hang up. She's playing around. She 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 she's got this. Got it. I got it. I'm pleading the fifth on every on every question. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have to say don't at me so they, they can't come for you. Period. Alright. Don't at me. Alright. Hey, if, if the the answer's wrong, I'm still coming after you, just for the record. We'll see. <laughs> no uh. Alright. So, Miss Keeper Richards, what's the worst line to be in? The checkout line at Walmart or the line at the DMV? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say the first. Don't at me. Yes, Walmart is truly hell on earth. You can also pick <laughs> up John Henry on DVD from Walmart if you want to. That's how much it's hell it is. John Henry. Yeah. I'm assuming that the DMV has tried to make their experience a little less miserable with the kiosk. Oh, no, Walmart it's don't give a damn. Walmart, um, got, Walmart got 30 registers, and they still only open two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we I the, really don't. I really need to understand that whole logic. I really do. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, man. We've got murder hornets out and here and everything. there's a lot of workers there. It'd be so many workers there. Like, how are only two registers open? How? I'm getting All right. Here's the next one. And I'm going to involve everybody in this one because I'd love to know their answer. All right, Kiba, what goes better with hibachi? Fried rice or steamed rice? 
fried rice. Of course. Don't at me. Diva. Fried rice. Don't at me. Come on, man. Easy. Man, th- this is such an obvious answer, and I feel like you put this in here because your answer seemed right. <laughs> okay, so first, first off, first off, lo- first off, lower first your off, voice. I need to lower my voice. Yes, that's, you need to get a little, you need to get a little of the bass out your voice. First off, second off, secondarily, no, it's the, the total right answer is fried rice. You eat steamed if for some reason you know you can't get fried, but it's fried rice. Don't ask. I was about to say because if you said steam rice, I was gonna say, "Oh, that's your Filipino side." Oh yeah, I, I would have had to come after you big time, bro. Okay, <laughs> knock it off. We got company. That's how rumors get started. All right, Uh-oh. my bad. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. This is heavily debated, and I can already feel the laughter from the rest of the crew on this one. Kiba, <laughs> are strip club uh-huh. wings actually good? Oh, you know what? It depends on which club you go to, but I ain't gonna oh, lie. No. Strip club, you having some good food. Listen, have y'all been yes. to Cheetah? Have y'all been to Aluva at Cheetah? That's five star dining. Okay, so keep before wow. we continue, you you may want to yes, go back in the archives. Food at the strip club. Yes, the strip club got some good food. <laughs> 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 Look, there's one, in, there's one in particular he's me. trying to get at. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to go somewhere with this. <laughs> Are the wings from Magic City any good? I've never had wings from Magic City. I've never eaten food at Magic City, so I cannot answer that one. Okay. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Because so. th- that that, that's in the archives, if, if anybody wants to check that out. We had an argument about yes. that on the show. It was a whole thing. It lasted for like two shows. You, you they don't... probably <laughs> are, though, because let me tell y'all, it be, it, you know if somebody's black in there chicken. Oh. Yo, that's a oh. great point. That's a no, valid no, ass point. You know all the wings going to be crispy. Y'all don't even have to tell them crispy. It's like... Yeah. Club, you have some good food. I'm trying to tell y'all. Oh, this is hilarious. All right, here's the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is your preference, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Don't at me. I would the, the, never the, have an Android. That is the correct answer. Uh, oh, oh my God. God. Steven, what's wrong? Is there, some, is there something wrong? Can we FaceTime? What? Oh, no, wait. We can't FaceTime. I'd have to Google Duo you or whatever. <laughs> Oh, oh, can, we, I, can I can I airdrop from my MacBook from my iPhone to my huh? Oh no, I have an Android. I can't even airdrop to my no, MacBook. How about, y'all get at me when y'all update don't cause y'all to want to cover the phone out the window. Don't at me. No, we we Listen, good on that. All right. Y'all keyboard is so little. I fucking hate Android keyboard. <laughs> Uh, I have a big Listen, keyboard. It's too difficult to get back to the home screen. I don't have time. I don't have time. Who just pressed the stuff <laughs> in the middle? <laughs> no, no, no. I hate the way Man, the app she, store she is. just picked the Android all apart. Where's the line? You ain't even get, on the, you didn't no get on the part about people saying they called you and you ain't even got missed calls or the text that be dropping in at midnight and it's like 20 of them. Man. 
Well, that's the way the text thread break up on an Android. It breaks up and, so stupid. Oh, oh, you mean like oh, one, my, hey girl, oh. how you doing? Two, three, seven, right. whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh my God. And and don't do don't get me started on the camera. Woo. But anyway. Oh my God. Oh, you know, know, the camera is you, know, you, you know they got an Android. You like you know that hold they got no an iPhone. Yeah, you know. Oh, oh that's some, wrong. Some Android phones got some fire cameras. I will admit that. They got some really good cameras out there. Listen, it's level to Androids, and you got them, them bottom of the totem pole Androids, them cameras ain't shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're talking about them PlayStation 2 Androids, like the little, you know, right. the LG, whatever, <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs>
Because there's two people in here that eat that kind of shit. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, you want some too? Oh, we definitely can uh, include you in on this shit. Yeah, I'm going to need to lower y'all voice. Because in the words of the scene, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But, um, again, um, like I said, we definitely appreciate it. We're going to be, um, this podcast will be available shortly. Um, we're going to just be sharing it all over social media, making sure your timeline gets hit up because this is something that people need to listen to. So, again, Kiwa, we appreciate the time and uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. All right. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Thank you guys for being fun hosts. And I'm happy to come back anytime. So y'all have yes. a great night. You too. And she gets the high-budget applause <laughs> because we fair. Again, no expense. <laughs> All right. So another aftermath in the books, another dope-ass interview with a great guest. She was fantastic. How y'all feeling? I agree. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So glad everybody agrees to fried rice is the go-to about you. There's no wow. other way to go right. with that, but with fried rice. Easy tried to call me out saying that's a trick question. Nah, man, I don't. Just, I just knew, I just knew you had it with steamed rice. Cause I'm like, who the hell would ask this question? Like, like, and there's no way. Would ask. I, 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 I will tell you if you have some, like some sesame chicken or some uh, general sow. That's good with steamed rice. It doesn't matter. I consume it all. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, no, I love Mr. Chinese food. You just finished making that point like you know a minute ago. So that's right. <laughs> that's all right though. But that metabolism still fire though so after all this time. I know you're getting a little old. I mean, you're doing pretty good though. <laughs> she just she stuck that one right on in there. But what I would like to just let the folks know, because I'm not sure when folks will download this podcast. It may be before we do the live show, after, who knows. But for the people who will listen to this for the first time, we do a show live every Tuesday. Blogtalkradio.com slash it's the radio show, 8 o'clock Eastern time. So you have the three of us, but we also have three of our other co-hosts as well. Your boy Cujo, the jerk. Tiki Blue, we get together and we just, you know, we talk about whatever's going on and we try to do it in a, you know, lighthearted, entertaining way. But sometimes, you know, we get a little serious. There's some, there's some crazy shit going on out there and sometimes it requires a little bit of seriousness. But, you know, make sure you check us out. You know, we're on all streaming platforms. We're all on social media. Just search the radio show or it's the radio show. We are everywhere. Instagram, Facebook wherever. Make sure you follow us. And make sure you hit up Kiva Richardson and read her book, The Journey of Unbecoming, because it is entertaining, it's informative, and you might, oh my God, can you believe it? You might actually learn something. So make sure you check that out for sure. Change your life. Anybody got any else got any parting shots before we get up out of here? Hey, bro, um, Six, six nine got a new song out, and it's really good. <laughs> I I came with you tonight, man. <laughs> I came. Hey, any future Karens, you may want to chill because the generation is beating your ass. Just saying, may want to chill. Future Karens. Everybody and they mama has a phone, even if it's a raggedy Android phone from Metro PCS. Okay, everybody got a phone. They will record you being crazy. <laughs> 
they were recording beat. I think people got bail money these days, so you know we're not talking no more. Test these hands. I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stick this out here real fast. I think we are well on our way to getting locked back down again with the way these coronavirus cases are going. Like people out here playing like this shit over, and it's not over at all. Well, Texas and they don't want to win. Texas and Florida already said, hold my beer. You need a good book. That's what I'm saying, to stay your ass in the house. Exactly. Man, I'm serious. I want my beer 16, and I want to hang out with my friends. Well, you go you go your ass out there where the murder hornet is and the Roma is and go hang with your friends then. <laughs> it's oh, all don't a conspiracy. Forget to kill They're just trying to do that. It's a government initiative. Oh, wait. Our president is uh-huh. a part of the government. Mm. It says it says gotcha. the on that part. But, again, we appreciate y'all. Go to KeevaRichardson.com and check her out. And stay your ass in the house. And if you do go out, wear a mask. I, I'm, I'm going to say it every week. Put a damn mask on. All right, y'all. <laughs> I forgot Diva. Sometimes she does. Sometimes she don't. Put a mask on. Yeah, wear a mask. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Don't do what well, I we... did. <laughs> we appreciate oh, wow. it, y'all. <laughs> That's a way to get the message across. I don't we do appreciate it, but you need to do it. <laughs> You right, always a... forget your message, so what does that say? You got to run back to the car every five But I bring my ass back to the car and grab it. That's the key. <laughs> well, right, you're so. probably already fuck it. passed the Save, Save it for the show. Get to the door, say fuck Save it, it for the show. and then say to... Jesus take the wheel. Uh, we'll pick well, this up to... tomorrow night. Yes, I'm about to take the wheel and just say that we will catch y'all. Live tomorrow night, blogtalkradio.com slash it's the radio show. You just heard the aftermath. 